My name is Dr. Wendy Satin-Rappaport. That's Wendy. I'm a psychologist who has worked in diabetes for almost 30 years. That makes me a little bit old and a little bit wise. I hope to help you with some thoughts on your relationship to your diabetes. You can know a lot about what diabetes is, how to manage it, but there's really a problem for most people when it comes to actually doing it. And of course, doing it means doing something maybe 25 times a day. So doing it doesn't mean that you're always having a problem, but there probably are situations. And maybe every once in a while, it's just the diabetes that turns you off. Diabetes affects you and it affects people in your life. And so I'm sure you have people in your life who aggravate you, perhaps I will as well, but always use it as an awareness to that something's going on. You know, people change over time. I'm personally married to a man who has diabetes. He found it very charming when we were first dating that I would take food off his plate. Now, I had a motive for him as well as myself. I wanted a man who was in a good mood after dinner, not too sleepy, not aggravated that he ate too much, and not having high blood sugars, which would cause aggravation because overeating can get you, anybody, even without diabetes or not, can get you sleepy and grumpy, partly because of the psychological effects and partly because of the physiological effects. So he thought it was charming then. Seventeen years later, and we are so happy together, he still finds me charming. But most of the time, when I try to help him with his diabetes, like take food off his plate, I probably get my hand slapped about 50% of the time. But you know what? I'm still willing to do that, although I have to admit I have modified my very direct controlling way because it doesn't always work, and sometimes it does because I want our relationship to go well and I want him to be able to hear me. But I've also created a hardiness for myself as a person who loves a person with diabetes that if I get anger back from my efforts to assist, because I don't think anybody should do diabetes alone, and I'm okay with that because I know it's a temporary feeling, like who wants to be told something. So I really try to make it be a warm and questioning process, interest, as opposed to controlling. That's hard to do. When I'm focused, it's fine. So I would hope that you find your loved ones and friends around you and kind of help them grow into things, into speech patterns that you will like getting their help because they are in your life. And people who have better social networks end up doing better with their diabetes. A positive mental attitude is going to be good for you. You'll feel better, but you're going to do better. It has much to do with the way you'll handle your health. And so it means allowing yourself some imperfection and learning resiliency because diabetes is about the least perfect disease there is in terms of you can do one thing one day, have the same circumstances or seemingly the same, and blood sugars can rise. So you don't want to go walk away from that saying you're not a good decision maker or say forget this, this is a chore. But just say it's a number. Let me figure out how I got it. Oh, I can't figure out how I got that number. All right, moving on. Let me get the number down. So that you can acknowledge an ouch, but that you don't live with anger or resentment or sense of failure because it's just a specific event that happened, not you and your life. It's not your character. Because I think people sometimes can start to feel they're good when their blood sugars are good and they're not good when their blood sugars are not good. So I think in the beginning you have to respect that you have grief and sadness. And that can reoccur at different times, perhaps when the anniversary of your diabetes comes to you. And you have to allow it and, let, and work your way through it. 
but not be stumped in that way. The ways to cope, because after all, bad things happen to good people, and I'm assuming that you're a good person that a bad thing happened to. So you'll have to figure out, in general, what is the meaning of your diabetes to you. I really encourage people to find kind of a spiritual answer to that. It can be a religious answer. It can be spiritual. However you want to look at it so that you don't get bogged down and feeling uh, defeated or bitter. Because then not only will you have diabetes, but you'll be a defeated and bitter person. Let me tell you a story about a 50-year-old patient, Simon, who had diabetes since he was 10 years old. He came to me with what he thought was a complication of diabetes, sexual dysfunction. But after a thorough medical and psychological evaluation, he learned that his impotence was psychological. The news was a relief to him, of course, but he was also greatly frustrated because he was completely healthy but entirely miserable for most of his life. He was waiting for something to happen most of his life, and he lived his life with that point of view. When he was 18, thinking of college but believing he probably wouldn't live a long life because of his diabetes, he said to himself, why bother? When he got married and the ordinary strains of marriage were being worked out um, using the same pessimistically, pessimistic philosophy, he said, why bother? When his business began to fail and he should have borrowed money to revitalize and save it, he said, why bother? The terrible irony was that now Simon was bothered. He was healthy. Nothing was probably going to happen. Nothing had happened to him. And so he was depressed now and angry that none of the complications that he so feared and planned for had happened. The fear of the complication had changed his goals and pleasures. While waiting for complications to happen, he had not put his energy into making his life satisfying, happy, and healthy. Hopefully it's a point that you will be aware of, that too much fear can paralyze us from acting in our best interests. Excessive anxiety can also result in depression, anger, and impatience. The nature of compulsive worry, which has no helpful outcomes, in fact some harmful ones, is to take away the contentment of your life now in anticipation of what could happen and may likely not happen. So figuring out a delicate balance of just enough worry can bring good things so that you reevaluate, you remotivate, you plan, you find discipline, you make good habits, all of which will improve your health. And not just your health with diabetes. The things that I'm talking to you about will improve your health in general. Because when people do take care of their diabetes, they are more fit, they eat better than their peers, and a little more sophisticated, perhaps, when trials come. The lessons of 9-11 have made the whole world have to think about living with chronic stress, something that people with diabetes already have had to figure out by themselves. So in the world, and this is true for diabetes, we try to make healthy denial, which means that you don't have to think about things, you don't have to live in fear, as long as you take healthy practices with it. So in sense, you have to choose optimism. It may not come easy, it's not an easy job, but it will prolong and improve the quality of your life. I wish you a good day with your life and with your life diabetes. Thanks.